0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Friday morning sporting edition of Pacific Beach, coming to you from the lands of the Bunurong and Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin Nation. I'm Richard Ewart, and coming up a brand new team, Penina Pacifica, ready to fly the flag for women's rugby in Tonga and Samoa on the big stage.
2: When I go out there, I'm going to feel the mana. I'm going to feel the strength of everyone that has worked for us. It's going to be an emotional time, but I'm going to take that on my shoulders and just wear that with pride.
1: Fijian Rugby League fans prepare for a taste of the NRL as Melbourne Storm and body skipper Tui Kamakamisa roll into town.
3: When you grow up in Fiji, we love rugby. Rugby League, Rugby Union, Rugby Sevens. So To be the first ever game and to be part of that this coming Saturday, just an awesome feeling. And to play in front of my home fans, that's the big one. With the
1: storm against the Knights in history in Solomon Islands as the Kurakuru play their first ever futsal international on home territory. More on those stories to come a little later in the programme. But uh, we start with uh, Moana Pacifica. They began life in December 2020 with an exhibition match against the Montreal All Blacks and debuted in the new Super Rugby Pacific competition in March 2022. In that first season, Moana Pacifica won twice in 2023. They managed just one win, but hopes are high that 2024 will be a breakthrough year for the team. They have 20 new players in the squad, led by a new coach and former All Blacks captain, Tana Omanga. The team also has a new captain in the form of Mano Samoa's James Lay, and another player of Samoan heritage, all-black great Julian Savia, has joined Moana's ranks. Should he score against the Highlanders in Dunedin tomorrow, he'll become Super Rugby's all-time top scorer with 61 tries, one more than Israel Folau. Savia and Lea will be among seven debutants and Moana's starting lineup, with three more on the bench. So, plenty to look forward to then for followers of Pacifica Rugby and not least for the chair of Moana, Michael Jones, twice the Super Rugby champion himself with the Blues, a World Cup winner with the All Blacks and former coach of Mano Samoa as well. And Michael joins us on... Pacific Beat this morning and welcome to the program.
4: Thank you Richard, my pleasure. To her.
1: So it's been quite a journey hasn't it for Moana Pacifica uh, uh, over the last uh, couple of years you've had to deal with playing in front of empty stadiums because of Covid, matches being called off, uh, uh, well, just trying to as it were put your heads above water in a brand new competition so uh, this season, do you think it is really the one where the team can, can start to go forward with with real emphasis?
4: Yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, Richard. It's 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 been quite a journey. Um, you know, it's this is our third year, um, as you've as you've highlighted, and um, whilst we've um, you know been through some real valleys, I suppose, and and some some mountaintops, we're just so grateful that we're. We are here. Um, that was always the dream and the vision. Is it's all been, always been about um, building a, a Pacifica for Pacifica. Uh, I suppose franchise. Um, it, it is very unique. It's a non for profit trust that runs it. It's it's for the people uh, by the people. So we're very proud of that. But we we have to steward that, and and part of that stewardship is is not only making sure we can, um, you know, do what we do, um, and and ensure that, you know, we make an impact and and, and build Pacific rugby, particularly Samoa Tonga. We have the draw doing a fantastic job and contributing so much to the, the national game and the strength of the of the flying Fijians. And we want to do the same. We want to replicate that. And part of replicating that is is, is winning on the field. You're right. This is the season where we've got to truly believe that we've turned the corner. You know, the tide has turned, so to speak, to use a, a Moana phrase. And, um, and we're really wanting to, um, you know, sort of break out I think you're right. We really want a breakout year this year where we want to start winning consistently. And that's that's what it's all about, ultimately. Um, we've, We've got to get the results on the field.
1: There's been a, a major overhaul, I think it's fair to say, in, in, in between seasons. Um, 20 new players in the squad, um, a complete new coaching panel with Tana Amanga leading that. And, and Julian Savia in the team, I mean, has he become something of, of a magnet for Moana Pacifica? It was suggested that with him crossing over to the team that, that others will be prepared to follow. They'd say, well, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us.
4: Yeah, it, it, um, it's it's a new season. You're right. I mean, you know, with the departure of Aaron Major and and Philotea, you know, they they did a stellar job for us. And the first two years, it was always going to be hard. You got to remember, uh, even the Drewer had been around for four or five years, playing in the Australian and um, you know national championship. So we were the new boys on the block. And and for a startup, um, not only to, to 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 say that we're still here and we're still building and getting stronger by the day. Um, you know we did have um a shift in chains and a transition into a totally new coaching team as you as you said um, um Richard and we with that came new selections i mean that is a big number and then you you sort of reminded me again at uh, 20, 20 new players is is quite significant particularly when you know they're going into a, 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 a one of the toughest um professional rugby competitions in the world so you know we um are having to navigate that and, and our just hope and our, our belief and our faith is that Tana and his uh, wise men as coaching staff have picked the right team um, you mentioned Julian and, and yes absolutely we're delighted um, to have him and you know we've always said that our team is about hope and opportunity that includes an opportunity for a, an All Black who's played you know, so many test matches for New Zealand as one of our icons to to, 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 to to I suppose transition into a new team because he would always been a hurricanes and one of the crowd favorites and a you know a Wellington boy through and through. So for him to now be wearing and donning our colours as a Moana Pacifica, it's a good fit for him. He's 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 loving it. I mean we are very much about um you know Pacific people and and not only growing our rugby but growing our people and Julian's just loved it. He's he's fitted in Superbly, and he's he's lifting the bar. And as I think to your point, that's that's what we're wanting to do. Is you know who knows we might get Adi one day as a brother, and <laughs> that would be pretty quite a revolutionary, you know, thing to happen. It would be quite a quite a quite a major, um, you know, I suppose event to 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 start to attract players like that. Um, you know, we are very much committed to, and it's always been our ethos. It's about growing Samoan Tonga. So our preference always is young boys who are pathwaying into to wearing the blue of Samoa and the red of Tonga and any other cook, uh, Pacific team. So, you know, what we see in Julian is, yes, he's an all-black, but who knows, he, he's still young enough to maybe wear the blue jersey, um, but also he's going to inspire a generation and the players around him to, 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 to be the best they can be, and, and hopefully one day wear, wear the Manu Samoa and, and Ikalitahi colours. <laughs>
1: Can I ask you about um, Moana Pacifica's home, if if I can put it that way? I mean, for the first couple of seasons, you you played home games at Bounce Smart Stadium in South Auckland. it doesn't seem to have worked for the team and this year you're you're trying other grounds I mean for example you're you're playing your first game in in Whangarei as an away game but you will later play games at the same ground as a home game you're taking the team to Tonga for the first time but not going to Samoa I believe this year I mean this is quite a problem isn't it for Moana knowing really where, where your base is and and clearly how often you can play in the islands because you'd like to do it more than than you're able to do at the moment I would I presume
4: a good question, Richard. I mean, I love the way Sikope carefully um, K- he he summed it up really beautifully about who we are, and he says this a lot, and it's it's absolutely true. We we, we don't represent a a catchment or a or, or, or a or a city. We represent a people. So we do have, I suppose, the and it is, um, I suppose, incumbent of us to make sure we we are playing in front of our people wherever they are. We, we loved being in South Auckland. That is sort of a spiritual home for us, even though, you know, because of COVID, we found ourselves there at Mount Smart. And it was a, it was a great location, but you've got to remember that owned by the Warriors. And when they came back, um, we, we sort of got muscled out a bit. So we're not there anymore, but we're finding, having to find new places. But we're a bit like the Harlem Globetrotters, Richard. We can, we'll play anywhere where our people are and where people will appreciate us. And we always believe we're the, you know, everyone's second favourite team. And that includes Australian punters of the game and um, New Zealand punters they, that, that are in the competition. They might support the Brumbies, but we'd like to think we're their second favourite team or, or the Blues' second favourite team. But for a lot of our people, we want to be, the you know, their team. And and that, that goes without saying, you're right about Mount Smart, it was tough. Um, you know, a lot of our people are doing it tough out south and COVID. If you look at it, the crowds that go to the Warriors, it's a real mix, Um probably a lot more affluent people can uh, supporting them. Um, league's big in Auckland. Uh, for us, it was, yeah, we, we, we're we a new brand. We're a, we're a totally new concept. And, you know, we weren't expecting our people to just roll up in their thousands. We've got to win their hearts and minds first. We've got to prove ourselves. And then I think um, going to play in Tonga is important. We couldn't get there last year. We'd dearly love to do both Fiji and Tonga, uh, Samoa and Tonga in the same year. And I think we'll do that next year. You know, that's, it, it is a financial challenge to, 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 to do two games in the, in the region. Um, and, of course, playing home games, we'll, we've got a diaspora Pacific people who live in Whangarei. Um, you know, um, the, the reason we're on in North Harbour is it was the only really stadium that was available to us and, and the Auckland catchment. And they've been fantastic. And it's a, it's a city, a city council-owned facility like Mount Smart, so it was, it was quite an easy transition. And they've been very supportive of us because I think we're bringing life into that stadium and into that region. Um, you know, we, um, you know, we, we're really just wanting to make sure, ultimately, that while we're here in New Zealand anyway, um, we, you know, we, we're we're able to just find a base that works. That we're just looking at what actually is, um, I suppose, not just financially viable, um, but it's got to be practical and it's got to work in terms of a high-performance team playing in a high-performance environment. And North Harbour provides that for us, even more so than Mount Smart. That's who are delighted to be up there. And we're connecting well into the wider communities of not just Pacifica across Auckland, but um, Aotearoa and and even non-Pacifica in these catchments.
1: So, tell me on the eve of the new season and the big game coming up Mm. against the the Highlanders tomorrow, what would you see as 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 chair of the of the club of the franchise? What would you see as a realistic target for Moana Pacifica in this season number three?
4: I think we've just got to win and and win more games and and win more consistently on a a more um, you know consistent basis, Uh, Richard. We. You know we we don't want to we don't want to we don't want a season of just one not wins or two wins. We've got to really believe that we've we've you know we've, we've, we've you know the grace period is over um, and teams have worked us out too. I mean we sneaked up on Hurricanes I think in our third game that they, they probably didn't know what they were getting themselves into um, in, in year one. And I think we and we did the same with the Brumbies at the end of the year and then did something quite special against the Waratahs in Sydney um, last year. But We've got to do. We've got to have more nights like that, or more days like that, where we're, where we're we're upsetting. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely the underdogs. We know that we're probably the. You know, when you look at the the, the betting um, against us, and I don't. I'm not a betting man, but it's always, you can win a lot of money. I don't pr- pr- propose that people do that <laughs> myself. But um, you know, my point is that we. You know, we are the, we are the the the, the young guns. We're the new boys, and we still are. And I think, in some respects, we're the darlings of the competition in a good way, and people want to see us succeed. Um, but to 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 win hearts and minds and get people really believing in us and our movement, we really need to start winning games. So, Richard, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna win more games. That's that's the bottom line this year, and more consistently.
1: Well, we look forward to, to the big kickoff for Moana. At five past five local time in Dunedin tomorrow. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the program. We wish you and the team every success in season number three.
4: Thank you so much, Richard. Much appreciated.
1: Michael Jones, uh, All backs great, former coach of uh, Samoa, played for Western Samoa as well when that was the name of the team and chair now of Moana Pacifica. That game against the Highlanders tomorrow, as I said, five past five local time in Dunedin. Earlier in the afternoon at 2.35, the Fijian Drua start their new season against the Blues in Fangarei. And head coach Mick Byrne, who is still in the mix of the flying Fijian's job, is expecting big things from his squad on the back of a top eight finish in 2023.
5: The preparation's been good into our third pre-season now and second full one at home. It's been great. We made some changes to our list and our squad and we've got a lot of depth around and quality of training has gone up. Our academy players are in and those players are contributing well at training as well. So all in all, our training quality has gone up, which you'd like to think happens after a couple of years of work. Also, our fitness has improved and you know our game speed work around the park has improved as well. So all in all, we're tracking in an upward path.
1: And as the Endrew are prepared to take on the Blues, uh, McBurn says when it comes to his players' state of mind, it couldn't be better.
5: There's a lot of energy around. probably goes without saying for everyone here that there's a lot of laughter around. So I think that's always a good sign. You know, that we've had a really hard training session. And they're sitting around at lunch with the guitar and they just went on a, a mad sing-along. So there's a lot of energy, even after our hard trainings. There's a lot of excitement around round one and the mood is really positive.
1: McBurn, head coach of the Fijian and Drew are very upbeat about the team's super rugby prospects in 2024 meanwhile the World Rugby 7 series is back in action over the weekend in Canada with Vancouver the host city Fiji lies second on the standings but they are 14 points adrift of leaders Argentina and haven't won a tournament in their last 18 attempts and they face a tough battle to turn that around in pool play where they'll be up against Spain, Canada and the leaders Argentina. Samoa currently in the relegation zone, they'll be up against Australia, France and the USA. And in the women's competition, Fijiana, who lies seventh on the standings, they are also grouped with Australia and the USA. And the third team in their pool is Japan. You're listening to Pacific Beach. It's the Friday morning sporting edition with myself, uh, Richard Ewart. We are hearing there about Moana Pacifica. Well, as a sign of the continued growth of women's rugby in the Pacific, a new side, side will take to the field tomorrow under the banner of Penina Pacifica. In the first of three matches, the team made up of the best players from Tonga and Samoa will take on the Queensland Reds from the Super Rugby Women's Competition, as it's now called, to be followed by fixtures against the ACT Brumbies and the New South Wales Waratahs in early March. The new side is being underwritten by the Australian Government through the Pacific Oz Sports Programme, and funding is available for at least the next three seasons. However, as Marion Farr reports, regardless of how they perform, there is no immediate intention to slot Panina Pacifica into the Super Rugby setup, where the Fijian and Drua have been champions for the last two years.
0: For the 32 players who have been called up into the Panina Pacifica squad, including Tonga's Shoni Toa,
2: it's a golden chance to show what they can do against the elite. For me, Fui Fui Lupe Tonga is the pinnacle of my career. There's nothing more that comes above that. I think playing for the motherland for myself is a greater privilege than any other jersey that I could wear. But in terms of Panina Pacifica, you know, this is a huge opportunity, not only for a Tongan women, but All of Pacifica people, and I think I want to be a part of this journey. Former
0: Melbourne Rebels and Dekali Tahi player, Eddie Ahalele, is in charge of Panina's forwards, while Manasina Samoa's head coach, Ramsey Tomakino, is looking after the team's attacking strategies.
6: It's really exciting, the fact that this team's been able to get off the ground. And yeah, obviously we're looking forward to our first game and, you know, it's been a full-on week for the players. You know, a lot of introduction, high performance and basically upskilling and, yeah, trying to get them ready to be a competitive team this weekend, so... It will certainly be tricky, but I think we've come together quite nicely. Uniquely Pacific is uh, something that all binds us uh, together, and so you know that'll that'll certainly come through. It's an exciting opportunity that we've been waiting for a long time.
0: And those who are involved in the project now have certainly had to be patient, including Rugby Australia's Pacific Partnerships Manager Dan Millis.
7: The concept of Panina Pacifica was presented to Rugby Australia by World Rugby and Oceania Rugby late 2022. We've since been working with the federal government through the Pacifico Sports Program and and designed the Panina Pacifica concept to get a greater number of players, 32 in total, bring them over to Australia and be able to play a minimum of, of three to four games each year for the next three to four years against the top teams here in Australia.
0: Having only come together at the start of this week, building a side that will gel on match day is a big ask. But with a mix of players from on and off island involved, Shawnee Toa is confident.
2: There's a large diversity within the group, but I think when it comes to Pacifico people, we know how to connect. And I think we are really good at connecting with our people. Um, So being in this space, you know, it's been amazing. You learn heaps of cultural aspects. We're learning it off each other in regards to rugby, off field, the laughs that come around with it. It's just a beautiful experience. Ultimately,
0: Ramsey Tomakino would like to see the Australian and New Zealand women's competitions combine with a Pacifica team in the mix. But in the meantime, he says Panina can play a role in strengthening the national teams from Tonga and Samoa on the road, they hope, to places at the World Cup next year.
6: First of all, it's a pathway for our Pacifica players and it's an opportunity to be involved in, in Super W and, and to play at this next level that the competition they may not get. And certainly, yeah, to bolster both the uh, for Fulupu Tongan and the Mone Senna teams as we build towards World Cup qualification, hopefully. We've got Oceania around the corner. So yes, yeah, it's, it's about building our depth and building our capability to be competitive and better, and, and that's what we've got to do. And so together as a team, we put aside that we're Tongan and Samoa and we're just here as uh, Panina Pacifica and ready to give our best.
0: Rugby Australia's Dan Millis says raising standards in Tonga and Samoa is absolutely their primary objective with Panina and he can confirm that there are no plans to add a second Pacific team to the Super Rugby Women Competition in the immediate future.
7: The core objective of this project, though was really looking to, to strengthen the, the national teams in those countries, particularly ahead of the, the next Women's World Cup in, in 2025. And so what we are hoping is by exposing a greater number of players from Samoa and Tonga to this level of competition that they may find pathways into regional elite women's rugby competitions, not just in, in Super Rugby Women, but potentially in New Zealand as well. So at this stage, this is our our first year here in Australia. We're just looking to expose the players to a high-performance environment, elite-level coaching, and just strengthening that player pool. And at this stage, we're not looking beyond that.
2: The potential is there. The talent is there. And with this pathway coming in for our Pacifica women, it's an inspirational for our girls back at home. The most important thing about Pacifica people is we are resilient. So no matter how long it takes, whether it could be now or sometime else, we will be where we're supposed to be. As Tongans, we are stronger in our culture. We are proud to be Tongan. So I think that's why we go back to our roots. I've been playing rugby since I was quite young and each step doesn't get any easier. But I think it's all worth it at the end of the day. This is something that I'm passionate about. This is something that I love doing. I just enjoy being in this environment. I love this sport.
0: While Panina Pacifica is all about female players, the senior coaching setup for now is male-dominated, but Manassina's female strength and conditioning coaches are involved, as is Tonga's female team manager. And Ramsey Tomakino says, with everyone involved on a learning curve, women coaches will come on board in time.
6: Absolutely. You know, that's always been my goal with Moni Sena is that, you know, it will be run by women and and ultimately in the Panina Pacifica space. Because as well as upskilling the players, we need to be upskilling our female coaches. And so I I can see that in the not too distant future that we will have Panina Pacifica female staff in this mix.
0: As the countdown continues to Panina's very first match against the Reds in Brisbane, no one really knows what sort of performance they can put on. But Dan Millis is excited by what he's seen on the training pitch and Shawnee Toa says she and all the players are determined to give back to those people who have made the Panina adventure
7: possible. Having been with the team over the last few days up on the Gold Coast at the High Performance Centre there, I tell you what, they are an incredibly professional bunch of players who are absolutely turning it on in training. So, you know, although we are a couple of weeks behind the other teams here in Australia, I've got faith that the, the girls are really going to get out in that field and, and put on a show.
2: It's been a long time coming. There's people behind the scenes that have been fighting their good fight just for us to be able to put this jersey on. So when I go out there... I'm going to feel the mana. I'm going to feel the strength of everyone that has worked for us. It's going to be an emotional time, but I'm going to take that on my shoulders and just wear that with pride.
1: Shawnee Toa, proud Tongan International, now proud member of that brand new team, Penina Pacifica, who will take to the field for the first time against the Queensland Reds in Brisbane tomorrow. And the reporter there was Marion Farr.
6: In the Fale is a music show on ABC Radio Australia hosted by me, Paola Tukefu. I'll be spinning my favourite tunes from dancehall to disco, calypso to country, reggae to roots and hip-hop to house music from across the era to keep the kids and the aunties happy. If it has a pumping groove, I'll be bringing it to you to bump you into the weekend.
7: In the Fale, Friday afternoon at 3 PNG time on ABC Radio Australia.
1: Time to take a look at some of the stories. Uh, Making headlines across the Pacific on this uh, Friday morning and keeping a close eye for us here on Pacific Beach, it's Mackenzie Smith. Uh, Mackenzie, good morning to you. Morning, Richard. Uh, Now, when is seabed mining not seabed mining? Uh, When Cook Islands changes the law, I think.
8: Yeah, apparently. uh, A bill passed in in Parliament on on Monday has uh, amended uh, the Seabed Mining Act to remove ...references to mining, Uh, these are now instead referred to as minerals harvesting. So RNZ reports Prime Minister Mark Brown, who is also the minister responsible for Seabed Minerals... ...saying mining was too broad a term, meaning everything from extraction through to digging and cutting. Uh, And so this is about clarity, he claims. The government has granted exploration licences to three companies in Cook Islands so far... Uh, but it has not yet made a decision on whether to allow mining to go ahead. Interesting
1: development. What's in a word? eh? Now, Solomon Islands police have uh, intercepted a drug haul from Europe.
8: Yeah, the Solomon uh, Business Magazine reports that uh, police seized methamphetamine from two locations in Honiara over the weekend, uh, including the post office. The drugs were reportedly posted from a European address. The Commissioner of Police, Mostyn Mangal, says no arrests have been made and the investigation is ongoing. The volume of drugs seized here is, is unclear, but police did release photos showing more than a dozen fist-sized bags as well as officers pouring the bags into the ocean.
1: They tend to fit in the post office. I hope they had a stamp on. Now, Papua New Guinea uh, is very, very keen, of course, to get a team into the NRL. And uh, as part of their bid to do that, a new Rugby League Academy is being set up.
8: Yeah, so this is a a project managed by a PNG NRL bid. uh, And it follows a pilot program in Port Moresby uh, that was set up last season. Uh, so they say the Permanent Academy will train promising 15- to 19-year-old male players and 18-year-old female players, all under the guidance of their player development manager, Joe Grimer. It will also create uh, development centres to reach players in Ley, Mount Hagen, Groco and R- 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 Uh They expect to, more than 700 players will participate in the programme, and that this will be critical in developing PNG's growth in the sport.
1: Yep, got to get the grassroots right. Uh, if they want to succeed with that bid to get a team into the NRL, that's a story that will continue to develop over the months ahead. Uh, Mackenzie, thanks very much indeed for the update. No worries. Mackenzie Smith there with uh, some of the stories uh, making headlines across the Pacific on this uh, Friday morning. Uh, coming up shortly, some rugby league for you.
8: Disasters are inevitable, but losing your life or home isn't. Learn what to do before, during, and after disaster in a program aimed at helping you keep safe. Pacific Prepared is all things disaster preparedness for the Pacific, with a team of reporters on the ground having conversations and bringing you the stories that could help you, your family, and community prepare for natural disasters. Pacific Prepared, Fridays from 9 a.m. PNG time on ABC Radio Australia.
1: Here with the Friday morning sporting edition of Pacific Beats on ABC Radio Australia. It's Richard Ewart with you. And as we mentioned a moment ago, the PNG and g are very keen to try and get a team into the NRL. And certainly the NRL has been taking a close look at the Pacific in recent times. And this weekend, the focus will be in Fiji, where two NRL teams will play one another in Latoka. It'll be the first time that such a game has ever taken place on Fijian soil. This initiative led by the Melbourne Storm, sponsored by Fiji Airways these days, and they've flown into town and to play the Newcastle Knights. It will be an historic occasion for all involved, but none more so than the Fiji Bati captain, uh, Tuikamikamitha, who will line up for the storm in the nation where he grew up. Like most Fijians before him, his entry to Rugby League came via Union when the Parramatta Eels plucked him out of the Fiji schoolboys team. But with Rugby League on the rise in Fiji, following a solid World Cup performance, Kami Kamitha told Kyle Evans the rugby pathway has never been stronger.
3: Such an awesome feeling, to be honest. When you grew up in Fiji, we know we love rugby, like rugby league, rugby union, rugby sevens. So to be the first ever game and to be part of that this coming Saturday, just an awesome feeling and stuff. And also to play in front of my home fans. That's the big one. Looking forward to
9: it. I know the Melbourne Storm has engaged with Fiji in a lot of ways in the lead-up to this season. There's been a deal with Fiji Airways. There's been a big commercial partnership, which looks looks like it's been struck. Can you talk a, a little bit about the Storm's plans to engage with Fiji going forward? and Could this likely become a regular thing, this particular game?
3: Yeah, well, obviously, we've just got like a new partnership with Fiji Airways. Well, that is a massive deal. To be honest, made it a little bit more easier with the travel and stuff, in order for us to come and bring the game here in uh, in Fiji in the, in the near future. But um, yeah. Well, the first one is a trial game, and yeah, you know, we're looking forward to actually get like a round game here, in the future. That will be. That would be awesome.
9: Now let's talk about the game itself, because obviously it is just a, a preseason game. But obviously this one is is quite a unique one in, in that it's being played in Fiji. Can you tell us about what what kind of game it's going to be and put it into context for us? Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, obviously when you train during preseason, Craig always said like once you have like a good preseason, you know you're going to have a good season. So he picks his team from the guys that have been training well during preseason, and if you put your best foot forward for you to be able to come fit for the trial game and stuff, and then after trial game, then he'll make up his mind. So there's a lot of um, competitive during preseason, which is good, in order for us to be like a, a competitive team. We need to be competitive with each other, and um, that's gonna put us in a in a good situation leading up to this year's NRL season.
9: Fiji has enjoyed some relative growth within rugby league in recent years. I think back to the World Cup a couple of years ago, through to the knockout stage, only just lost to New Zealand. There's been some women, you know, Vitalina and Nakorde, having great success with the North Queensland Cowboys. Can you talk a little bit about how the game has grown or how you've seen the game grow oh, in Fiji yeah, over the yeah, past it's, few years?
3: It's, it's, it's been growing so quick. I remember when I was in school back in the days in Fiji, there's no rugby league competition in school. It's always like rugby union and stuff, but now they do have rugby competition in school rugby league competition in school, both primary and secondary and uh that's that's a huge boost for all the young kids coming through because they've seen hits of um fi fiian athletes been performing well in um in uh, rugby rugby league overseas so that's why it's another motivation for them like if we can do it um they can do it as well so uh, yeah that's why I'm pretty happy with and to top it off. The game this weekend is gonna, yeah, it's gonna take rugby league to a new new level because they've seen all the superstars they watch on the telly, and now they get the chance to watch them live on Saturday.
9: Yeah, because I mean, obviously, you yourself, your entry to rugby league was through a rugby union pathway. Are we getting to the point within Fiji now where kids can play rugby league their whole life and not have to go through a union pathway?
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, That's, I'm. I'm just so happy that we got the competition in school now, where they can just come straight from school and go overseas and stuff. But for me, back in the days, I was playing rugby union. That's when they scouted me over to go and play rugby league. So I'm just pretty happy that they got the the new comp in school where kids just can learn how to play rugby league, and by the time they go to overseas, it's a bit easier for them.
9: I guess in some ways, sky, the sky is the limit. You know, P&G have been in the news a lot lately for potentially getting the 18th license for their own NRL team. Could you, could you see an NRL team coming out of maybe Fiji and the wider Pacific in the well, coming decades? I would
3: love to do that. I would, love, I would love to see that, to be honest. Well, obviously, we've got a new uh, Fiji draw team in the Super Rugby, so if we can do that, <laughs> surely we can do like a Fiji team as well in the NRL. <laughs> but we we'll just have to wait and see, and um, yeah.
9: Well, there might have been one small, tiny step in that direction with the Cavite Silk Tails. I know they're playing in the, I think it's the Jersey Flag Cup uh, for the upcoming season, which is virtually, you know, the NRL for under-21s. Have you had much yeah. to do with that program, and how do you think they'll go?
3: No, well, obviously last year I just went and saw them for, like, during the preseason. Just go and see how they train and stuff, and, yeah. It's another pathway for all the local boys to come and train and go and play in Australia in order for them to, like, Give them an eye opening in order for them to see where they can go if they put in the hard work. Like obviously, there's another stepping stone like KVTC tells another pathway for them to follow. But I'm, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how they're going at the moment.
9: Oh look, great things are happening. Until your last question before we go, who's going to win on Saturday? Yeah.
3: Oh, who else, man. <laughs> I want to make it a memorable one because you know it's the first time in the country. So uh, yeah, up the
1: storm. Tui with his uh, Melbourne Storm teammates in Fiji to take on uh, the Newcastle Knights. It's a pre-season game, but it's two NRL sides playing on Fijian soil for the first time, and who knows, one day it could become a permanent fixture, We shall will see. Now mentioned there... Of uh, the Silk Tails, and on a landmark day for Rugby League in Fiji, that team will take on an FNRL Academy side in a curtain-raiser to the showpiece between the Storm and the Knights. It'll be a prelude to the Silk Tails' debut season in the NRL's Under-21 Championship, the Jersey Flag Cup. That competition will see Fijians taking on famous names every week in the form of the best young talent from the Panthers to first-up opponents, West Tigers. So there's plenty to whet the appetite of even the most casual rugby league fan. And Darren Spooner, who joined the Silk Tales recently as their new general manager after 10 years with the Sydney Roosters, says there's a real buzz around La Toca and beyond
10: they are excited you know they, they know the Melbourne Storm they know those big brands of the Newcastle Knights but in saying that I still don't think they realize what is coming yeah there's a football game on Saturday but there's so many moving parts and community and connecting and growing the game that will happen organically I feel so from a player's point of view there's two levels there's our group that get to play in front of this game and it's an experience that they'll probably remember for the rest of their lives but we do have in season a couple of opportunities to play before NRL games round three I think it is against St. George is before their NRL team who play the North Queensland Cowboys and then another game Cronulla Sharks versus Newcastle actually I think it's around 23 so there's a lot of first tick the boxes for a lot of these boys who have just come out of the hills and out of the mountains of VG and village kids but they're very humble they work hard and they're doing the best that they can and that's all that we can ask them.
1: And it rather illustrates the significance of the change that has been made for the team by entering the Jersey Flag Cup, the Under Twenty One competition, where you're going to be rubbing shoulders with teams that have NRL names. These are the junior players, if you like, of NRL teams every week. Is there a little danger, perhaps, that the Silk Tales players may become a little starstruck, or do you think they'll adapt pretty quickly to essentially the junior version of the big time?
10: <laughs> yeah, and it's our job to keep them grounded and humble and connected. They know what's coming, um, you know, because we're lucky to have 12 NRL brands come across. First home game is against the Foundation Club the South Sydney Rabbitohs and then the Sydney Roosters in round 21. Those, those two teams are, you know, have been around since 1908 and that that's, is amazing in itself. Now, when we have the 12 away games and travelling to New Zealand, that will be the challenge to hold the boys down and not be so starstruck by staying in hotels. And um, It's a fairly good balance to draw. Each team coming across has an extra funded spot to bring a social media person to actually document the experience. But for the boys Is to keep them ground that'll be a challenge it'll be controlling their own social media pages and and what they're posting and making sure they get enough sleep and and eating right is what we've been doing the last couple of months and getting just a balance you can't pull the phones off the poor kids but they've got to learn how to navigate that space and there's a lot to take on for a young Fijian where in other clubs you would have them in the pathways when they're 15, 16, 17 and most of those clubs have a jump on us by two or three years of development more so off the field than on the field. Athletically these guys are very gifted We're not here to compete against rugby union, but we're here to provide more opportunities and elite pathways.
1: I think that's the point, isn't it? Because when we talk about this game that's going to take place before the Storm take on the Knights, between uh, the silk tails and uh, the academy side as selected by the national coach, Wise Cadavarati, I mean, it's a great opportunity for the lads from the academy to show the silk tails what they can do because I'm sure they'd love to be part of what the silk tails are now part of.
10: Yeah, it would be close to 40-plus players that'll get rotated across the two 35-minute halves and you're spot on there. It's an opportunity for them to get in front of the silk tails eyes and in front of as well, and also these two clubs there as well. That makes it even more special.
1: What impact do you think being involved in the Jersey flag competition will have on the fans in Fiji? The ones that maybe are not necessarily nailed on rugby league fans, but maybe slightly curious. So I would have thought they're more likely to turn up and see the Cavite Silk Tales take on Melbourne Storm, or take on Sydney Roosters, or take on Penrith Panthers than they would, with yeah. all due respect, to turn up and see a team with a name like Glebe Dirty Reds, because they don't have that Sort of pizzazz, do they?
10: Yeah, you're, you're spot on there. Full respect to the Ron Massey teams that did come across, and the ones that they did play in the last few years. But when you have brands like you just mentioned of NRL clubs, it will generate curiosity. So our analytics across our social pages have been blowing up with interest and in tapping on and viewing. And so it'll be a very, very exciting once these brands start coming across. Fiji Broadcasting are working to try and get those games broadcast free to area in some of the games in Australia with the help of New South Wales Rugby League. So that's sort in negotiations at the moment but will likely go ahead which helps the players families and any fans that are in the further reaches that can't get to the ground be able to view it on a TV and watch it I think most VGMS will follow the product if it's good and it's exciting we have got New South Wales Rugby League and the referees to come across speak to the boys just so they get an understanding of the refereeing techniques and styles and what's expected of you and how you interact with referees on the field I thought it was a great initiative for them to do that so the boys know what they're stepping into at Lickham versus West Tigers and Round one on
1: March the 9th. What would you see as a realistic target for season one for the team in this competition? Because it's a voyage of discovery from everybody, players, coaches, staff like yourself. It's all new.
10: I think a a realistic target would be to win at least half their home games. And if we could pick up a few more games away and finish inside the top 10, at least that's sort of middle of the pack for the first year. Going forward inside two to three years, I think what we have here is a top 14. It's about us, myself and the chairman, Pedro Sivaneseva and executive director Steve Driscoll, establishing a really strong culture of excellence on and off the field. That's going to be the challenge, but that's what we're expecting.
1: Darren Spooner, the new man at the helm as general manager of the Kavidi Silk Tales, he's arrived at the club at a very exciting time, a great season ahead for them in the Jersey Flag Cup.
0: It was missionaries and colonisers who brought the good news, but in the years since, the region has become a melting pot of diverse faiths, beliefs and philosophies. Pacific Soul explores the higher purposes of Pacifica peoples and asks, what do we believe? And what does it look like in everyday island life? Join host Melissa Macon for a Telenor about faith and culture on Pacific Soul, Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock PNG time on ABC Radio Australia.
1: That's to come uh, over the weekend. Right now, you're with the Friday Sporting Edition of Pacific Beat. Uh, I'm Richard Hewitt. It's been another historic week for sport in Solomon Islands with the local heroes, the Kuru, Kuru taking on Australia in their first ever futsal international on home territory. The venue is the Friendship Hall, purpose built for the sport, which opened its doors late last year. The Solomons are taking on the futsal ruse in a three-match series, so after a narrow 2-1 loss in the opening encounter, they'll be out for revenge in the remaining games this weekend. But as Chris and Rita Amano-Leong reports from Honiara. while there might be fierce competition on court, there are some long-standing friendships off it.
11: 40 minutes only on the futsal court. But beyond lifelong friendships for the futsal rules, Wade Giovanali, and legendary former Solomon Kurukuru captain, Elliot Ragomo.
9: <laughs> a bit of a long history between me and Elliot. Um, when he came to Australia for school, I actually went to the same high school with him and then actually played at the same futsal club with him. So we have a quite a close bond. So it was, it was weird to versus Solomon solomons without him, to be honest. But it was really good to see him. Hopefully, hope I get to catch up with him a bit later. Oh yeah,
3: I mean, I mean I
10: know quite a few of the boys and have played with them. I'm happy to see them. We'll be catching up to share a lot of our Kurukuru Kuru stories and we'll take them around to show them the places where the Kurukuru Kuru used to train. Hopefully, they'll understand and appreciate just how far we've come.
11: Wednesday's game was a historic occasion, marking the first time an international futsal match has been played in the Solomon Islands. For some crazy fans it was an honor to make the switch from the screen to front row seats.
3: It's very very fantastic and to see the improvement that happened in Solomon Island and it really push up the standard of uh, especially sports.
11: And did you bring your flag today?
3: Oh, I I didn't bring my flag but I bring my heart to see our team especially the team it's really because nice uh, him it's a rare, rare opportunity
11: to watch play the players play. in reality That's so coming out today, out out. today although I, I mean, kind of overslept you? I'm you still excited, excited and happy to be here uh, happy in of all the football country let we follow. Of all the different football happenings in the country, I follow futsal closely, even as far as travelling to Fiji to cheer them on. So when I heard about this international friendly match, I decided to come. Ultimately, despite the incredible late pressure, it was the futsal rules who held on to the 2-1 victory in Game 1.
10: And there you go, the final whistle. Australia 2, Solomon Islands 1, courtesy of the Australian government through the Pacific or Sport, bringing you such a match here.
11: Futsal Rules coach Miles Downey says although his side controlled large portions of the game, Solomon Islands were a big threat in transitions.
6: I think, uh, I think we had, a, had a, lot of, a lot of positives. I think we were able to find our pivot. Well, I think, um, I think there, was, there were a few good individual performances, um, which, which is really, really pleasing. But, um, I think our ability to control large portions of the game was, was, really, uh, was really positive for us.
11: But for Kurukuru Kuru coach Dixon Kadau, it was back to the drawing board to match what he says is an impressive Australian team.
3: We see that Australians are good. They are good the movements are very sharp and very simple so i have to change the game just put the game on our own style that is the one on one marking and then uh, zone marking in a, in a, in a finishing in dancing zone so we know we know exactly and i know exactly how how australia move so they always move blindside side of, of the boys so i try to try my best to at least i stop them not to move again
11: After such a narrow defeat for the Kurukurus in Game 1, they're confident of a win in the remaining two matches. The Solomon Kurukurus have been champions of Oceania six times and have represented Oceania four times at the World Cup level. And now they're looking at developing young talent with the hope of reclaiming the title at the next OFC Championship in
3: 2026. Get the boys back. But unfortunately, we have the young players where they need to build up. We have we, we need to have more time,
9: more sessions, uh, so the boys can adopt to the house of the football.
11: In the meantime, it's staying hydrated for Coach Miles and his side in the Honiara humidity and quite possibly a taste of Solomon's green gold.
6: Bitterness. Yeah, a lot, lot of water, I think. We, I've really enjoyed the people. Every time we come into the Friendship Hall, it's well named because they all, everyone greets us with a big smile and, hey, hey good day. And it was, so it's, it's fantastic. The people we've met has been, been the, the highlight, seeing the passion that um, the young children have for the, for the game and even, uh, even the adults. So that's, uh, the people have been the highlight for us.
1: Miles Downey, coach of the Futsal Roos, there'll be an action against the Kurakuru at the Friendship Hall again this evening with the third match in the series to come on Sunday. Our reporter in Haniara, Chris and Rita Armana Leong. Meanwhile, on the man-made beach soccer court in Dubai, unfortunately, Tahiti's bid to make another FIFA World Cup final, they've done it twice, has ended in the quarterfinals. The Tiquitoa defeated both Spain and Argentina to make the last eight, but uh, they couldn't get past the Italians, losing the match by five five goals to two and it's the final round of the OFC Champions League qualifying competition in Nuku'alofa today and two of the four teams are still in with a realistic chance of reaching the competition proper in Tahiti in May As Samoa's uh, Vava'a Satai expected to win big over Tongan from American Samoa So the crucial crucial game will see Vettongo from the host nation up against Tupapa Mamarenga from Cook Islands. If the Tongans win, then their destiny will depend really on how many goals the Samoans manage to rack up against the American Samoans, bearing in mind that team have conceded 27 in two games so far. And in Malaysia, Vanuatu's cricketers have made a bad start and unfortunately to the World Cup Challenge League playoff, losing their opening match to Bahrain by 109 runs. They weren't helped by sickness and injury to two key players in Andrew Mansali and Josh Razu, the captain. But Nalin Nepico had another good day, scoring 27 at the top of the order and taking five wickets for 43 runs. So time to regroup for Vanuatu's next match, which is later today against Tanzania in Kuala Lumpur. And That's just about it from the Friday morning sporting edition of Pacific Beat here on ABC Radio Australia. The afternoon show will be along at 5 past 5 at PNG time and Pacific Review at various times over the weekend, taking a look back at some of the stories that have made headlines during the week. I'm Richard Hewitt. Thanks very much indeed for your company. So much sport around involving Pacific teams over the weekend. Best of luck to Panina Pacifica playing their first ever game. And I hope for a huge turnout to see Melbourne Storm take on the Newcastle Knights in LaToka. Wherever you are, wherever you're watching, have a great sporting weekend.